Hello everybody, I have a very exciting episode for you today. On Women's Day, I got the opportunity to interview Ms. Dina Faki. Ms. Dina is currently a partner at KPMG for Qatar, Kuwait and Bahrain. She has over 15 years of experience in risk advisory services. Uh, we had a small chat about how she got to where she is and how she found her passion and her liking for a risk advisory. She also has some great advice for all young women out there, so keep on listening to hear from her. Uh, hello, Ms. Dina, how are you? I'm good as well. Uh, so let's get started on today's episode. We have a very exciting episode for Women's Day. And Miss Dina, I would first like to kick us off by asking you, what have you been reading, watching or listening that has interested you? Thank you, Himani. Before I start, I would like to wish you and all the women that you know a happy International Women's Day, be it students at school, our parents, or women that you know in the professional workforce that inspire us daily. From my own perspective, I am known to be more interested into uh, articles, books, and any related data that will help me manage my time, manage my schedule, understand how I can multitask or how I can juggle between my responsibilities as a career or professional woman, as well as my responsibilities towards my family and kids. The purpose of that is that I would like to read and understand from the previous uh, experiences of key leaders who have been there and probably have shared some tips and tricks on time management and how we can manage these things. Aside from that, I am obliged as part of my career and as part of my role is to be always ahead of what are the technical updates that we encounter day to day and what are the things that probably from a assets or a digital tools perspective so we can stay ahead with the technology as well. Hence, a lot of my time goes for reading on these specific topics and material, trying to understand the regulatory landscape in Qatar where I operate as well as in Kuwait, as long as any trends in the technology that I will utilize in my day-to-day work as well. That sounds quite interesting. And leading on from that, what does a typical day in your life look like? Okay, so technically speaking, my days are more or less full. I'm going to run you by a typical work week or a midweek day that I follow. Usually I'm an early riser, which I have not been during my teenage years or during my years in the university. But when you go into the workforce, you're just forced into it. And then when you have kids, this is when you really, really have no choice. I wake up early with my kids to get them started to get to school. Both of them also go to Doha College. So I help them with their lunch boxes and I help them to get ready, spend a few minutes with them in the morning as they have their breakfast. Most of the time I do the drop off because this gives me an additional half an hour with my kids in the car in order to have a chats with them about their day ahead and how it's gonna be. If I'm lucky enough to be up early enough to get ready, then I'll drop my kids and head straight to work. Otherwise, I rush back home to get ready and head straight to work. Most of my time, uh, morning times are meetings. So you will find me between 8.30 and 9 in meetings up until probably 1 or 2. Because this is most of our clientele-focused working hours will be on the morning shift. In the afternoon, I spend my time 
three times a week definitely i will be in the office probably one time a week i try to work from home in the afternoon whereby i go through any reports that i have to review i complete any team meetings internally that i have to do i do any calls that i need to any mandatory e-learnings that i have to go through and sometimes any action items that I have picked from the first part of my day that I need to do in my second part. This is when my day finishes around five, six or seven today. It's a bit challenging with all the International Women's Days seminars and webinars that we had. And then I head back home to see my kids. Most of my day of the time, they do have activities that I meet them there, attend them for the probably last part of their activities. Then we head back home. We would like to have dinner as a family because this also gives me additional hour to see how their day went and how is everything at their end. Just then they head to their beds. I get to get, you know, to recap on all the personal stuff that I have missed and have spent some time, quality time with my husband and probably head to bed around 11 p.m. It's never earlier than that when I'm done and I feel, OK, I have some time to head to bed. So this is this is how a typical day in my life. Wow, that seems quite, quite a hectic day and quite full. So what would you say is the most interesting or enjoyable part of your day? I like the nature of my work. It's intense and it's fast. The most enjoyable part is that you get to meet a lot of people. Our work in Deloitte, as with other big four, is client facing. So we do work and cater for our internal organization for sure, but most of our work and efforts go to the external. So there is a lot of meeting new people, a lot of presentations where I really enjoy to get on, you know, and discuss our work deliverable or any potential offering and explain to the client. A lot of discussions, a lot of meetings, a lot of identification of opportunities. This is the best part of our work is that you get to meet new people. And on the contrary, you don't work alone. In Epic Four or consulting firms, you always work in a team. So also you meet people internally among your team, being at your service line or across other service lines who get together in order to deliver on a specific opportunity. So if you want to recap, the best part is getting to meet new people every day and discuss new topics as well. Leading on from that, what does your job as someone in risk advisory entail and how do you assist your clients? Risk advisory in general, it's about discussing with the clients anything that you may fall under the risk landscape. We help clients to improve their overall governance, their model and how they operate. We help organizations to say what can go wrong in their day-to-day -day activities or their strategic orientations and try to put some controls or some medications in place ahead of things going wrong in order to be ahead of their business and ensure their sustainable growth as well. We do help them as well with a spectrum of list of probably regulatory related activities and compliance. So they make sure that they comply with any regulation that is applicable to them as well. Lately, we are working very hard and discussing with our clients about the sustainability. I'm sure you've heard and I'm known and you see that this topic is also on top of the agenda of the students, the teachers, as well as it is in Deloitte and any other organization and the clients. So recently we've also been discussing how we can support in order to instill the sustainability topics among the Qatar client base and uh, among others as well. This is in risk advisory. What value do we bring to the table? We help organizations ensure they have future sustainable growth to build on. 
We help our people internally to ensure that they have a career path, a learning opportunity they can take forward. As part of my role as well, I'm a mentor as part of Deloitte 180 mentoring program. So I work with university students who are almost graduating to help them and mentor them in order to understand what sort of opportunities they want to include, to, uh, to uh, consider as career opportunities and where do they see themselves so they can pursue whatever they think really suits them and suits their interests. So we give them this insights and we help them prepare for any panels or any discussions that may come in their way. Uh, continuing on from that, what what is your experience and working in one of the big four and how has it changed in the past few years with the rise of uh, things like ESG and more ethical um, ethical com- uh, corporate um, corporate commu- yeah yeah so let me tell you something working in a big four it's always it always means that you are a part of a larger organization you know you are a global firm you're not locally abide by any you don't have you know local limits that you want to abide by you always have a global perspective that you want to wear as a hat also diversity and inclusion is is, a, is, a, is an aspect of our work that is a must. So we work in a multi-diverse culture, people from different cultures, nationalities, ethnics, different genders as well. And we tend to respect and ensure that everyone feels that they are part of the team. No one feels left out or no one feels discriminated against. This is from a culture and work environment perspective. From a technical perspective, it means that whatever I do will impact my organization globally. So I always want to make sure what quality I deliver will reflect positively on the name of my organization locally and globally as well. It also uh, ensures that whatever trends and leading practices that are coming from the global, such as corporate social responsibility, sustainability, because we know that in Europe now we have sustainability agreements that are being signed. So we need to know and be aware of these initiatives and advise the local market of what is the global companies are doing so that we can bring this perspective to them specifically as i mentioned which is the latest hottest topic being sustainability as well how have the local markets in qatar and kuwait changed in the recent years including during covid and pre-covid so working from remotely relying on technology and virtual meetings was not a trend in the gulf specifically as well as the middle east the gulf as well as qatar and kuwait so the COVID has come to remind everyone that there are virtual working methods that are very reliable and this does not mean if you don't see the person he's not delivering actually it has resulted in us trusting our people and our employees that even if they are today not in the office, they can still deliver their mandate via the virtual tools that we have. It also reminded us and trained us that delivering large events such as trainings and webinars do not always need to be classroom. Being online are also effective as much as required to be in the classroom as well. This is from a working approach and protocol. However, it also put a a very um, burden on the working mothers that we have because being at home not all of them they have support with the daycares closed and some schools also require their kids to attend from home and some 
a lot of us have uh, decent, uh, 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 they have relatively younger kids that we need to attend who are unable to sit on their own. So we need, they need us to be next to them during the school hours, which conflicts with our working hours as well. So we have also learned that, and Qatar as well as a landscape, understood that there's some sort of uh, flexibility and support to the working mom and the working female that needs to be put in place in order for us all to sustain. And you've seen a lot of women, unfortunately, had to take a call on their jobs, quit their jobs temporary or as a permanent in order to attend their families during COVID. Also with COVID, we, from a technical perspective, the countries have learned that they always need to be uh, ready for any uh, pandemic that may happen. But earlier, when we used to talk about pandemics, we used to feel that this is something, no, it won't happen, it's far, we didn't expect. Now we understand, no, that it may happen at any time, and it's the obligation of the nation to be prepared with its uh, civil, um, with its community in order to be ready and uh, respond to any pandemic of any sort that as and when it occurs. Thank you for that. And another question that I sort of came up with on the spot, uh, are there any problems you have faced as a woman in the workforce and how have you overcome those problems and what is your advice to young women who are entering the workforce or who are planning to enter the workplace? Yeah, especially here in the Middle East and even in the globe, the, the fact that sometimes women's, are, women's um, utilization, productivity, as well as commitment is questioned because they always foresee us or expect that we will have families and then we will probably not give the required attention for our job or for our work or the commitment. Uh, earlier, it was either uh, women were put at a choice, you know, you either choose between your family or between your career. It's, it's with time, it's no longer the case. And what I want to say for all the youngsters, all the rising stars and women, there is no limitation on a scope of work that you do. If you want to be an engineer, you can be an engineer. If you want to be in science and technology, you can be in science and technology. If you want to be an astronaut, you can be an astro astronaut, as long as you have passion for it. And you know how your lifestyle will be after you get into that career and you are aware and this is what you want as well. You can be a pilot, you can be a teacher, you can be a nurse, you can be anything you want. You don't have to choose between family and you don't have to choose between family and career at all. There's a good balance that you can strike between having your career and your family. The issue of people looking at us and questioning our ability is in their mind. As long as far as we are concerned, we have to stay committed to delivering our work, committed to uh, achieving our purpose and objectives. And we always keep our eye on our objectives and never let, don't divert, don't let anyone divert you from what you want. I was the very first partner as a female in the risk advisory. When I was announced, I was the very first female partner and I had, you know, a dozen of male partners with me. If probably you have realized the trend or the stereotype, you would have thought, no, I wouldn't make it. But I had my objective in mind. I wanted to get there. If anyone questions my ability, I'm going to prove to them through my work equality that I am able with the required level of flexibility. Deloitte offers me the flexibility, but I also want the youngsters to know, don't be ashamed to ask for help. You can never do it probably with all the juggling that you have with your family, with your kids and with your job. You're not expected to do it all on your own. Please ask for help, seek the required flexibility that you want, 
even if you have to take a year break in order to attend personal matters, this is still fine as long as you come back and you have your eyes on your objective and you ensure that you achieve what you want at a certain point in time. Some people graduate in three years, some people it takes them five, this is still okay. Some people make it to a partner in their 20, in their 30s and some make it in their 40s, this is still okay, you know. So it's fine if you don't get married immediately, it's fine if you don't find your dream job or you excel on the first year, give yourself some space, don't be harsh on yourself, put yourself on the right track, do a self-assessment regularly and see what you need to do differently, but always keep your eye on your objectives. Thank you for that. And uh, another question, because I myself am pretty confused about what I want to do in the future. So how did you uh, know that you wanted to go into financial services? And more specifically, how did you know you wanted to go into risk advisory? So initially, Anna, I majored in computer science, which is technically coding and computing. And then I had uh, an advanced studies in uh, computational sciences, which is advanced mathematics. This is when I realized I cannot sit behind a computer and code as much as it's an amazing job and an exciting thing to do, especially now with the digitalization era. Yeah. Computing and computer sciences was not what I wanted to do personally. So always take a chance to seek mentoring from people who are ahead of you. It's not, and mentoring, to be honest, is not always, uh, come, does not always come at cost. There are a lot of programs or a lot of side chats that you can do with your university. Uh, with your university professors, with a career office at the university, with a career counselor at your university or at your school, or even at any inter um, mentoring program that you can enroll part because it will give you visibility about the workforce and it will brighten up your eyes on where you want to be. So in my case, I majored in computer sciences, then I realized this is not where I want to be. So I started this discussion. Specifically for me, I went into the career office of my university and then spoke with a career counselor saying, I feel stuck. I feel that I have merged in something that I cannot do for the rest of my life. And then she was like, you're never stuck. We always have options. As a computer science, you can go into a big four. And I did not know what was a big four back then. So she explained to me. What are the big four? What are multinationals? What sort of offerings that you can say? Also, there are a lot of psychometric tests that Put, give you feedback about your personality as a person. Are you a person who enjoys being client-facing or are you a person who enjoys to be work alone or are you a person who enjoys to be uh, working within a team? So all of this shapes up together to give you perception of what is the exact profession that you can suitable for and then you can choose. You would narrow down your uh, choices and this is where you can make a call. This is exactly what happened with me and I. my advice to you and all the... Uh, youngsters out there is that seek discussions, clarity, coaching, mentoring, counseling, advice from people who are in the profession. Try to go for an internship. Even if it's not paid, say it's okay. I want to spend one month in that organization and I want to see what I can do. During my university, when I started discussing with the career office, I went for the Central Bank of Lebanon because I was studying in Beirut. And I said, I'm willing to intern for free. Can you take me for a month? I just want to observe and see what you do. And this is where I realized, okay, this is where I want to be. I want to be working with financial sector organizations and advising people and regulations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is, what, uh, this is how it came and this is how I was able to take my career forward. Thank you for that. I think I lost you there for a minute. Uh, but just one final question before we close our 
our discussion today. Uh, what advice would you have for young people who want to go into financial services specifically? in the financial services is really an interesting it's an interesting word the banking sector the regulator the financial institutions the brokerage firms the insurance companies is always it's always nice it's 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 like a sea that you really study and dwell in but you will really enjoy it uh, you need to like it because it's a regime that's highly regulated which means that at times there is no flexibility in the technicalities and the application of the work you will be working with different regulators so you need to always keep alert and keep abreast it's not hard it's a work that requires detailed orientation and requires a little bit of technical understanding which you will build with time i personally like it and i think it's a great opportunity i also like there is some sort of structure in place and maturity in the financial institutions that you probably do not see otherwise that I also like and I would like to be part of. So this is my advice. If it's something that you have passion for, most of the financial institutions accept interns. Go for an internship program, uh, see what if see where you fit as well, because in the financial services, there is also lots of lots of divisions where you can operate on. See which one you would like, and then you can take it from there as well. Okay, thank you so much. It was really interesting speaking to you today and I gained a lot of insight uh, about working in a big four company and your risk advisory market. Thank you so much. Thank you, Himani. It's a pleasure talking to you and I wish you all the best as well. So guys, it's unfortunate that we had to end so early. Um, I could have gone and talked to Miss Dina forever and ever. She is so wise. She has a lot of advice for young women who were entering the workforce. And if you want more from her, I will link her LinkedIn down below. So go check her out there. I will also link our Instagram and uh, go check that out as well. And I will see you in the next one. Thank you for now. Goodbye.